0: Real Bible, sorry, real Bible, a physical Bible. (laughs) Your electronic ones aren't real, no. Um, (laughs) But we're going to be hanging out in James. This is the second last sermon that we're doing in this one. Um, We're going back a little bit because we we actually missed one because of lockdown. Um, So it's James chapter three, verses thirteen to eighteen. James chapter three, verses thirteen to eighteen. Also. I got a really cool present this week. It was a late birthday present. but um, So most of you would know that one of my little catchphrases is, it's a journey. Yes. So this t-shirt got made for me um, literally around that. It's a bit big, but it's pretty cool. It actually says it's a journey, which was awesome. So that was um, my sister-in-law. All right, let's read. Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we're going to explore that uh this evening. Um so just so I want to kind of recap the whole passage. I'm going to, I'm going to go to, uh, a little bit more deeper into these points, but I wanted to just kind of overview it. So verse 13, the first verse asks this question of who is wise and understanding among you. Who is wise and has understanding? Who is wise and understanding among you? And then what you'll see is, I'm kind of cut this up into weird spots really, but verse 16, if you jump to it, verse 16 and 17 answers this question of who is wise and understanding by saying that the person who is wise and understanding is the one who has wisdom from above the one who has wisdom from above. And this wisdom is actually characterized by many different things, as we heard in the text. It's pure, peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, full of mercy, uh, it bears good fruits, it's impartial, it's sincere. And verse 18 says that this wisdom is characterized as being peaceful. It's like peaceable. Whereas Kind of on the flip side of this, James shows us, um, if you go back a few verses, in verses 14 to 16, that wisdom from above is not characterized by jealousy and selfish ambition. So the opposite of these awesome things that we just heard, and the opposite and what is not characterized by wisdom from above is jealousy and selfish ambition. And he shows that nothing actually could be further away from the truth. Nothing could be further away from these things than selfish ambition and jealousy. He shows that these things are actually boastful. They're not peaceful. They're false to the truth of God. That's a huge thing that we'll unpack. It's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's demonic. Those are big, big words, big claims. They create disorder. Not order, they create disorder and they, they create all vile, um, every vile practice. So so the obvious implication here is that if this is true, then we need to take selfish ambition and jealousy quite seriously in our lives. It's not something kind of secondary, it's not something neutral, we really need to take this seriously. If it's the opposite of wisdom from God and we claim uh, to be followers of God, then it should be very, very high on our list to to not, be, not live out of selfish ambition and jealousy. But I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into that a little bit more. Would you join with me? Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that you're not silent. Lord, that we have uh, your words right here, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would... Um, Guide me as I speak, Lord, I pray that um, people would see your word, that they would see you, not me, not my words, Lord, but you tonight. Lord, help us uh, to be a people that are characterized not by being selfish and jealous, but characterized by all these amazing things that we read here tonight. Amen. So, essentially... What this passage is saying is that if you're claiming to be wise and have all this understanding in the world, then the source of that wisdom and understanding will be from above. And this is not talking about the clouds. You don't have to go up into a, into a, a plane or something like that to get wisdom. Um, it's, it's another way of saying that wisdom comes from the one who is above everything. It's the one who created it all. It's it's the one who's high above it all. It's God. It's wisdom from him, the source of true wisdom and understanding, the one that actually created it all and designed it all. That's where this wisdom comes from. And if we are claiming to be wise and have understanding, then we need to go to the source of where it comes from. It's a pretty simple kind of uh, uh, thing. But the first point of reflection I want to I kind of get at tonight is where, and I, I want to pose it as a question, um, but where do you guys get your wisdom and understanding about life from? Where do you get your wisdom and understanding about life from? What's the source of this wisdom and understanding that you live? And I don't think this is referring to kind of the, the simple everyday things like should I have toast or cereal, should I put Vegemite or like I don't know, jam on my, on my toast or should I be like, you know, all fancy and get some smashed avo and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's probably not referring to that so much, although the avocado would be more nutritious for you, as my wife would tell me. Um, <coughs> but what, what this is referring to, for instance, is what, what wisdom and understanding do you look to for life's biggest questions? A bit like Alpha. What wisdom do you look to to answer these questions? And that's part of what this is getting at. Questions like, why am I here? What is actually my purpose? Where is the core of my identity found? That is an important question in our society. How should I conduct and not conduct myself? What is right and wrong? How do I work that out? Do I look to other things or do I look to something else? What is the basis for what is right and wrong in the world? Do I have a future? Does it even matter how do I work that out? Where do we find the answers to these big questions? Where do what wisdom and understanding do we look to in this world? These kind of bigger fundamental questions. Is it from God above? Or is it from the world around? Is it from, more from, are we more informed whether we kind of realize it or not by social media or Netflix and Stan and all the other um, streaming platforms or the news or the opinions of, of our culture around us or the opinions of our friends and, and family? Not, and I'll get into this, but not necessarily always bad. But where do we actually find the source of this? Where do we find the source to these questions? And this is actually a really important question to ask ourselves. It's actually a really important question because where you look to actually answer these questions, where you find the source of this will greatly inform how you live your life, what you think, what you do, everything. Whether you realize it or not. And this is, again, another reason why this is great. I'm just pitching out for left, right and center. Um and as followers of Jesus, particularly, I think this is a question we need to be asking. Particularly, we need to be asking and making sure that we're actually going to the source of life itself. We're going to God who has this wisdom and understanding as well. If we're wanting to be a people that reflect and image God, and it's pretty simple, um, kind of uh, thinking here is that if we're, particularly because we're Christians I'm talking, if we're wanting to be a people that reflect an image and show people and shine a light on, on the, to the world around of the God that we serve, then we need to be going back to uh, the source itself. We need to be looking to the thing that we actually want to reflect. We need to be looking to him, to God, for his wisdom and understanding, for his answers, not primarily the world. And I've said this before, this doesn't mean that all of a sudden everyone who isn't a Christian is completely wrong in their wisdom and understanding. This is not what I'm saying. It does not mean this, that they're just completely wrong in everything that they believe and they think. It doesn't mean that there isn't good wisdom or that there isn't good understanding outside uh, of, of, of the church or outside of Christianity or anything like that out in the world. It's just as if they're all just wrong and I'm completely always right. It's not like that. People, whether they're Christian or not, and bear with me here, people, whether they're Christian or not, can actually tap into good wisdom and understanding about the big things to some degree. Kind of like God made this earth in many different ways uh, to be enjoyed. Like there's things that everyone, whether you're a Christian or not, there's things that you can actually enjoy. People can enjoy a good meal. They can enjoy good food. They can enjoy the creation. But there's there's common things that we can actually experience whether we're a Christian or not. But, wait for it. But what I'm, without having the source of life itself, when it comes to wisdom and understanding, the person, the, without having the source of who made it and who designed it and who gave it to us, this wisdom and understanding kind of won't be fully there. It'll be a little bit like a half-truth, if that makes sense. It won't be quite full. It's, it's partly wisdom and understanding, but not the full thing. Or it can be wisdom and understanding that's correct in many, many aspects, or 90% there, but kind of be motivated by the very wrong thing. It'd be grounded in something, in in a different source. or And then it can actually become skewed. You can still have wisdom and understanding to some degree without God, but it will never be to its full degree until it's found in Jesus. Until it's found in God, until it's found in the source itself, the One who embodies it, Jesus. For instance, um, hopefully this makes sense. I kind of added it in a bit late, but for instance, a lot of people have some sort of. If you get talking to them, um, is they're like, you ask them, okay, is there an afterlife? Now, kind of like, and how do you reckon you get there? And they're like and a lot of people, they're kind of like, well, if there is one, uh, if I do a lot of good. Um, and hopefully that outweighs the bad. Then I, I should, I can't. should be kind of sweet, you know. That's that's quite a. It's not a horrible answer to that question. It's not a horrible way to live. There's still a little bit of wisdom there. Like it is good to do good. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's a no brainer. It's just. It's not quite fully there. Yeah. It's only got like a part revelation of the full thing. They live. They're living by this would actually probably make a reasonable person, really. Someone that actually is just, like, I just want to do good to the world and hopefully all my good outweighs the bad. But intrinsic purpose and kind of this absolute direction wouldn't be easily found in that context. Navigating life would be more likely be found by looking to the world and kind of um, being without direction to some degree rather than to kind of have the source itself so it'd be kind of I'm trying to explain this so we've got the source of life itself we've got wisdom and understanding we can know bits of it without knowing god but if i if i'm as a christian as someone who knows jesus i can look to that And I can actually get a a decent amount of direction about what my life should be about, those important questions, what I should and shouldn't do, how I should conduct myself, all these different things. What's my purpose? How do I lead other people? How do I love? And why do I even do it? So I can find that over there, but someone that's kind of got some partial truths kind of out here, they can live by that, but they're kind of just wandering around really. They might pick up on certain little things along the way and they're kind of like, okay, that's good, but they might pick up other things and then it will send them down a different path. Hopefully that kind of makes sense. So there is wisdom and understanding out there, but we need to actually go back to the source of it itself, which would be God. Um, And that's what we're trying to do in a sense again with Alpha, is that we actually are, we're just directing, we're having conversations about these things, we're letting them kind of wonder for themselves. But um, one of James's primary points here is that us as the people of God should not be out here, you know what I mean? If we shouldn't be claiming to be wise and have all this understanding when we actually aren't even going back to the source itself. Hopefully that makes sense. But my point is that there can be decent wisdom, there can be decent understanding out there to some degree, but it will only be a part truth. It will only be a part truth or a part wisdom and understanding until it is found in God himself. Which is why, particularly as followers of Jesus, we need to be following his wisdom and understanding. We need to be looking above not to the world around. We want the whole thing, not just a half-truth. I can't remember who said this, um, but a half-truth is the blackest of lies. It's like the worst of lies. It's kind of half there. It seems good, but it's not fully there. But let's keep pressing on. There's more in this passage. So, my second kind of point You'll notice in verse 13, the first verse in this passage, if you want to have a look, that those who are wise and have understanding don't boast about this wisdom and understanding. They don't boast about it. They don't flaunt it in front of everyone to see, kind of like if you know anything, if you've read the Gospels about the Pharisees who would sit on the, stand on the corners and kind of be like, look at me, I can pray, I can do all these amazing things, look at me, look at me. I'm so. I have so much understanding and wisdom. And it's it's then it's uh, James is saying that people who have this wisdom and understanding and use it well are not characterized by boasting in it, like the Pharisees did. They don't lord it over other people as if to say that they're better than them, or just put people down who don't quite have the full truth or believe exactly what we. Believe. Which I'll add is the reason why we can't actually just straight up knock someone down who doesn't have the same wisdom and understanding that we might have, have found in, in, in God. That hasn't quite, because they might have a part truth again. So it's not horrible, but they haven't fully gotten there, and you can't put people down for that. You've got well, our job is really again to help lead them to the source. We want them to experience the full thing, and being angry at them or boasting about it or putting them down unnecessarily is not going to do that. So we want to help people understand this. So people who follow wisdom and understanding from above are characterized. Uh, as the passage says, by conducting themselves in meekness of wisdom. Meekness of wisdom. They go about using and living out the wisdom and understanding that comes from God above on, uh, on people, but rather they help them find it for themselves. They go about using this wisdom that comes from God in a quiet gentle way with meekness. That's kind of a, a little bit of an idea of what meekness is like. It's kind of this quiet and gentleness. That's how we show this wisdom and understanding. They're not trying to draw attention to ourselves or say that we're better than anyone else because we have this. That's not what it's about. For them, for the person who has wisdom and understanding, life is about God more than it is about what others think about them or being seen by others in some particular awesome light or being right or changing someone's mind. It's naturally not about that. We want people to come to know Jesus. We want people to come to know the source, not just necessarily know little bits about it. For instance, I'll try and illustrate. Have you actually ever met someone who's done this reasonably well uh, i'll get onto to this in a bit um but nobody can do this perfectly well apart from one um but have you ever seen or met someone who's done this really well. I, I have. I've met a few of them in my life and they're, they're, it's a real pleasure to be in, in their presence where they, you can see that they're just so consumed with loving Jesus and, and loving others, whether it's the church or whether it's people outside of it, whether it's a stranger or whether it's, it's a loved one. They're just oozing this love, this compassion for them. It's really, really cool where they, they kind of seek to serve and love people but seldom draw attention to themselves. They're not boastful about what they can do. They're just they're fairly quiet. They're meek. Where, they, where they're living life out of this wisdom and understanding from above, but not being loud about it and lording it over other people. Where in conversation, they ask good questions of people. They ask good questions rather than ramming information down their throats in a careless way. They listen to people. They're genuinely interested in their life. It's not just something that they do, it's, something, it's a genuine interest. They help others to see this wisdom in a peaceful and caring way. They're trying to draw people, they kind of go, all right, let's journey, it's a journey, let's journey towards the source." They're doing that where they show empathy and compassion for the journey um, the person has gone through. They're merciful rather than tearing them down. They're understanding. They see that they have some elements of wisdom and understanding. They have little bits, but they haven't quite fully found the source. And this passage shows that a person that's characterized by living by this is, as verse 17 says, is pure. They've got this real nice, pure, not dirty feel about them. They're peaceable. They're not kind of stirring up things and creating unnecessary conflict. They're gentle, the passage says, rather than being harsh and abrasive. They're open to reason. They don't think that they have everything fully worked out and they're open to reason about it. They're full of mercy, as the passage says, rather than careless criticism. And good fruits, that's what they're characterized by, not rotting fruits. The, the outflow of their life is good, not bad. They're impartial. They see everyone as image bearers of God, whether they know God or not, and they see them as worthy of respect and dignity, seeing people, everyone, as people who need Jesus for the first time or need them more, need him more, sorry. And they're sincere, rather than just kind of faking it, because that's what we do. A person characterized by living by wisdom and understanding more and more shows these things rather than being boastful and prideful. And when you meet someone like this, isn't it just, it's really nice. <laughs> it's really beautiful because you can have just such an awesome Conversation with them, you can feel understood, you can feel cared for, almost like there isn't some weird little agenda. You feel looked after. You're kind of almost, if I don't know, my experience is when you meet someone, sorry, um, who's kind of gone down this, uh, sorry, someone like this you kind of almost are inspired to do better in the first place. (laughs) They don't even have to say anything. They're just like, you're just like, goodness me, you're so nice. Like, you just handled this so well. Like, wow, I just want to be that. It inspires you. And the greatest example of this, lo and behold, is actually Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment of these things that we just read. All throughout the Gospels, we see how Jesus is, sh- is this shining example of someone who is, as the passage says, pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits that are impartial, they in- and sincere. If you read the pages of the Gospels, you'll see that in Jesus. He is the perfect embodiment of someone living by wisdom, and understanding from above, from the source of life. And when you meet a person like this, you see a person who is reflecting and imaging God, imaging Jesus himself, which is something we are actually designed to do. We're image bearers. We're here to reflect. We're here to shine God's light to the world around us we're here to guide people and be some small part in that to jesus we're here to guide them does that make sense there's something really really attractive about that in a really appropriate way and and lovely about someone like this that is characterized by this and i think we all want to be something like this deep down inside So it seems really important to be asking us, uh, asking the questions of ourselves of what wisdom and understanding are we looking to? Where do we find that source? What source are we going to to find this wisdom and understanding? And we're not finished just yet, but I encourage you guys, honestly, and I'll I'll, I'll hammer this home in a minute, but this is a really crucial thing to be asking. Even each day, it's something to keep coming back to the source as the Bible would show us to do, to keep kind of going, okay, God, what am I listening to? What do I really believe about this and where I am and where I'm going in life? Why, and, and, And am I finding it in you? Or am I being informed by other things that I'm not even aware of? It's a good question to ask. And this brings me to my final part of the passage and my final point where James is talking about a couple of characteristics of someone who is not following this wisdom and understanding which is from above but is also claiming to be a follower of Jesus. So verse 14 to 16 if you want to read it. It says, (coughs) Excuse me. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly unspiritual, and, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. So you'll notice in those three verses alone, in 14 and 16, um, James says bitter jealousy in the first one, and jealousy again. And then he says selfish ambition and selfish ambition. So he says those things twice. He wants to make a point. He says that jealousy and selfish ambition are not wisdom from above. Again, like I said at the start, it's almost characteristically the Exact opposite of wisdom from above. It's, it's the exact opposite of what we see in Jesus, someone who laid down his life sacrificially for others. It didn't serve him well to do that. He even goes as far to say that, there, that these characteristics, being she- this, this, this bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, are earthly that they're unspiritual, that they're demonic. That's really intriguing. They're big words. If, you, if I had more time, it would be really cool to kind of explore that a little bit, uh, a little bit more. But all this is to say is that if you have this kind of jealousy and, and selfish ambition as your source of life or understanding, then it seems to be the equivalent of almost being demonic, to being opposed to God. And if you really think about it, that's not a position we want to be in, particularly as followers of Jesus. That's not a position we want to be in. He shows us that disorder and every vile practice, dis- disorder and every vile practice, comes from jealousy and selfish ambition. And I want to talk about that a little bit as we finish up, because this is huge. So you think about the disorder in this world. It's really not hard to see, yeah? It's not hard to see how um, how horrible and how bad the world around us can be. We live in quite a good part of the world, given, but it doesn't take much to see, even in our own lives, how things are not how they should be. It's, it's disordered. You think of all the vile practices out there, all the horrible things that people do to others and to themselves. It's not hard to see. And they find their root in jealousy and selfish ambition quite often. And honestly, that actually makes sense. If you're jealous of someone or something, then you will often do anything and everything in your power to get what you're jealous over or to stop what you're jealous over. You'll do whatever you can to get it. And that is usually at the cost of other people and sometimes yourself. You'll do that at any cost and it creates disorder. It can um, create horrible things. It's powerful and destructive jealousy. But selfish ambition is the one that I kind of want to pick on a little bit tonight because this is, in my, in my mind, sorry, basically the root of sin and the fallen world we see around us. Selfish ambition. Bear with me. When everything is about you and your desires and your wants, then you will try to satisfy them at almost any cost. If that's your goal, if that's your understanding and wisdom to live life for yourself, then you will do everything you can at any cost to get it. Stock standard. Selfish ambition is not thinking of others In a loving way. Or caring for them. But is rather looking to use and abuse people and this world toward your own ends. And that's the source of practically all of the world's problems, I'd say. Selfish ambition. You see it in in the first pages of the Bible. They wanted to be like God. They wanted to to know good and evil. They wanted to do these things. They wanted to defy God. They were selfish. They were thinking of themselves and what they could do rather than how could I serve? How can I serve around me? And this is why James says that jealousy... And selfish ambition are not just bad things that you should kind of just keep your eye out for, that it's just like, yeah, you just, be, just be careful of that, so It's all right, just, but they're actually humongous things that we need to almost be conscious of every single day because they will continue to come back. Selfish ambition is so big that it is literally, as James would say, false to the truth. And what truth is it being false to? It's being false to Jesus. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. And when we live in selfish ambition, purely for ourselves, we are being false to this truth. We're being false to Jesus. The two things are incompatible. They don't work and this is so detrimental and so polar opposite to who we see Jesus is and what he's calling us to do and this is why James is like guys you need to get this you need to you need to look at this this is not good we need to be aware of this it's massive particularly i think it's particularly now like i, I don't know about the first century per se i mean it'd be reasonably similar in many ways But it's massive, particularly for today. I think this is a huge warning for every single one of us because we live, as I've kind of already alluded to, in a society that is self absorbed. It's all about what you can do, who you could be, your ambitions. It's all about satisfying yourselves. And that's, and it's everywhere. It's all about how you can, it's this you culture. So James's words tonight are, are huge and massive. And don't be fooled to think that the world around you hasn't had some sort of effect on you in this way. It's often very subtle. It's often very uh, subtle over time, little bit by bit, by bit, by bit. And if you keep it unchecked, you'll end up somewhere completely different often in your thinking. Which is why, again, I come back to this question. It's super important to be asking the question of where do I get my source of wisdom and understanding from? Where? Where do I get it? Do I get it from God above or am I trying to find it in the world around me? What is feeding me and what am I acting upon or am I feeding, in a sense, on the source, which is Jesus? Jesus. And this is, in my mind, almost a daily thing that we need to be asking. And I think, I'll just add this, is that we will we'll never... I'll get, yeah, I'll get to the flip side of this in a sec, but we will actually never be good examples of Jesus if we live our lives out of selfish ambition. And that's the core. That's the key thing James is showing us here tonight. That's the key thing that I'm focusing on at least. That selfish ambition, rather than wisdom and understanding from above, are just not compatible with Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, we need to be going to that wisdom, not to selfish ambition. Otherwise, we're not being good representatives of it. Now, does that mean that you have to be perfect and just be fully ridden of jealousy and selfish ambition in your life before you can talk to anyone. The yes, is no. This side of heaven... Um, we will never be fully free of selfish ambition and jealousy. We will keep falling back into it to some degree. We're not all of a sudden kind of this perfect and restored person, but we are being made perfect. We're being made restored. And it's a journey. (laughs) It really is. It's not like kind of this overnight, like, boom, done, kind of thing. We still live in a broken world. We have a hope, we have a saviour, we have the Holy Spirit, we have God working in our lives but it's not overnight, if that makes sense. It is a gradual thing and sometimes we'll see it go quicker than other times. It's a journey but that's not an excuse to not listen to what James is saying. Knowing that we're not perfect and that we can 't really be perfect on this side of oh, sorry uh, that we can 't be fully ridden of selfish ambition and jealousy this side of heaven, knowing that is not an excuse to keep doing it. Paul would make a similar kind of um, uh, similar kind of argument in Romans as well it 's not an excuse rather it 's actually a challenge to take him seriously it's 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 a wake-up call and a reminder to always be going back to the source wisdom and understanding itself which is jesus if we take following jesus seriously and we more and more find our lives grounded in him and his wisdom in his understanding they will gradually become people that are less and less selfish and jealous And where we make mistakes, there is an opportunity. It's something I've been learning in life, and it's all throughout the Bible anyway. It's this whole idea that God can actually use it for good um, if we love Him. The mistakes we make with people when we're being selfish or we're being jealous, we can actually just apologize. We can... Try for reconciliation, we can show humility. We can kind of go, actually, I'm going to try and point you back. Like, I'm sorry I made that mistake. I'm not perfect. It's actually an opportunity, and you have to navigate it in different situations, but it's an opportunity to bring people back to the gospel, not further away from it. Because it's kind of like, actually, no, like, yeah, sure, I'm a Christian and I, I believe this and I was selfish here. But what I believe is actually that I need a savior because I am selfish. Like, you know what I mean? And I'd love to love to have a chat to you about that. So you can actually use it for good. We just admit where we've gone wrong and we keep going back to the source. We keep going back. And he will change us more and more as we look to him and not to the things of this world, so as the worship team comes up tonight, I really encourage you to spend some time right here, right now with Jesus. I really encourage you to to go to the source, to start asking God to help you navigate. Lord, like where do, where have I been influenced? that is just really not of you? What am I listening to that I might not even be aware of that isn't representative of wisdom and understanding from above? And Lord, would you help me to, to loosen the ties away from that and Lord, help me to come to you. Lord, would you go on this journey with me? Would you change me? Explore your heart tonight. Ask those questions, spend some time with God and I really encourage you to do that. If you want to chat any further about anything that I've said, if I have made a mistake or you didn't understand something or want to explore something, let me know. Um, I'm I'm happy to to chat about that. But if you want any prayer as well, um, my name's Matt. If uh, those of you who don't know me, I'd be happy to pray with you and be happy to chat and explore these different things with you. Uh, Let's pray. Lord, I I thank you that we don't have to be lost, that we don't have to kind of look in so many different directions for wisdom and understanding. Lord, it still can be really confusing in this world. There's so many options, there's so many different things to choose from, there's so many things that look good. and Um, seem to be appealing, Lord God. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us to see you through that mess. Um, Help us to find you. Find that source, Lord God. Help us to navigate the different areas of our lives that aren't simple. Help us to change the things that we can change, Lord God. But, Lord, most of all, would you just be king of our lives? Would you be king, not ourselves? Lord, let's let the the worship of self, the worship of ourselves just be gone, Lord God, that we'd find peace, that we'd find love, that we'd find meaning in this world actually by not looking to ourselves, but looking to you and how we can actually be a part of restoring this world around us, Lord, not adding to the pain. We thank you for your cross, Lord. Thank you for your grace and help us, Lord, to never forget it. Amen.